This podcast contains discussion of mental health and may mention alcohol and drug use as well as suicide. Check the show notes for more information and links to relevant support services. Let's have a chat, an open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. They might not solve all the world's problems from this hot tub, but a good chat with a good mate is not a bad place to start. Welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Welcome to another episode of No Pants, No Problems, Two Mates Having Stripped Back Conversations for Men's Mental Health. I'd ask how you are, Jeff, but we've talked about that off air. You're shit. I'm not good. I'm um, not great at all. Jeff has gut issues, which our regular well, listeners will well, know. Well documented. They're just flaring up at the moment. Um, yeah. So that's a thing. Um, and so rather coincidentally... I'm going to take most of the time uh, in this episode. It is, when this is released, about the middle of Pride Month. uh, And Jeff kind of suggested that that be a bit of the focus of our topic. And there's a whole lot of ways that I guess we can go. Yeah. We have got in our back catalogue the episode where you essentially interviewed me about my coming out story. Yeah. Uh, for World Coming Out Day. Um, but I don't necessarily want this to just be me. No, no, I'll jump. Lecturing. I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in, mate. Don't worry. I'll just, like I said, you're you've got more experience with this than I have. I just have a wife who loves rainbows and buys all the queer clothing because she loves rainbows. So yeah. Anyway, sees her walking down the street. Is a hundred percent convinced that yeah. she's a lesbian. All which... the lesbians in Point Cook are really confused. By yeah, that's wife. right. <laughs> Um, whereas I own one rainbow thing, that's right, yeah. uh, and that's the flag that we bought when we were in, uh, so. the Castro district in Harvey Milk's old camera shop. So it's not even necessarily, we bought it so that we can show our pride. It was um, a, a memento of the moment. Yeah. It was a pride tourism thing Yeah, as much as it was a pride thing for us. Not that for, for our listeners like me, who the hell's Harvey Milk? Okay, so give me a little backstory there. Um, the the basics of it: Harvey Milk was the first openly gay um, politician. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly of the position that he held off the top of my head, but like a, a city councillor. Where was uh, where in was this? San Francisco. From? San Francisco, yeah. Um, in the Castro district, which was uh, and always kind of has been a very uh, traditionally queer district uh, and San Francisco is a very queer accepting city Uh, and so Harvey Milk was a big kind of icon uh, of that time and he and his campaign and all of the pride campaigns that he led, uh, he kind of ran out of his camera shop on Castro Street uh, in San Francisco that is now... uh, kind of office gay, and gay mecca. Yeah. <laughs> it's now a kind of office and um, gift shop for the uh, kind of equal 
human rights campaign, yeah, fantastic. Uh, which has gone broader than just the queer thing. Um, but yeah, that's where we bought our pride flag. Yeah, uh, that's hanging over our piano here at home. So um, yeah, Pride Month is always a kind of really interesting time. There's a lot of criticism that is associated with Pride Month in varying ways. One of those is that corporations suddenly put rainbows every, on everything. Every, every, every brand sticks a rainbow on it for yeah. the first day of June. The, the big one that's copped a lot of criticism and is, and is pretty public and people may have heard of is that in Pride Month previously, I haven't seen it this year, um, Skittles release special edition Skittles that are black and white because they say the only rainbow that's important in June is the Pride Pride rainbow, um, which a lot of people criticise Skittles for and a lot of people criticise the the big corporations that suddenly tack on to everything. Bandwagon. Yeah, which I, I can understand both sides of it. I, you know, and I'm a bit devil's advocate as I am with a lot of things. I can understand the feeling of pandering yeah. to the queer community, but I can also understand... If they did nothing, that'd be vilified as well, so... Yeah, but, but, but corporations jump onto every celebration and at the end of the day, it is the corporation's job to make money. So if they can see a marketing opportunity, they'll take it. Um, I think there are ways that it's done badly. I don't mind the Skittles way of doing it. Yeah, it's drawing attention to something that's... Yeah. Um, And I think one year Skittles also donated a percentage of the sales from those special editions to queer charities. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. Uh, but I do understand uh, the pandering to it. And I think one of those issues comes about when queer people have historically not been acknowledged or been marginalised by big corporations. Yeah. You know, before we had the kind of anti-discrimination laws that we had, um, then you know, trans people weren't hired. Yeah. Or, you know, companies were like, oh, we're only promoting fam- a family man. And so, you know, a man that's in a relationship with another man doesn't tick the family man box, yeah, so course. doesn't get yeah, the promotion. Yeah. Yep. So there is a lot of history around that kind of thing, I think, when it comes to big corporations. But I think in the last, I'd say, five to ten years, mostly last five, there's been massive changes to like representation, whether it be, you know, television commercials or yep. it's 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 no longer just the, you know, middle aged white man yeah. r- rides a horse selling cologne, you know, there's all sorts of different different representation now, which is fantastic across the board, not only for people of colour and minority races, but also yeah, yeah. for the queer people as well. Like Yeah. And I think that's very good, but you know, if, and if we want to frame this kind of talking about the mental health thing, is one of the things that often 
happens. Uh, and I think queer people uh, and minority people across the board are certainly very good at knowing when and when not to read Facebook comments. Yeah. Because I will occasionally dip into Facebook comments when I see, you know, Telstra came out with an ad that had a queer couple in there. Yeah. And so if I'm feeling particularly mentally strong that day, I'll dip into the Facebook comments and there is invariably people that say, oh, why do we need these people in our ads? Yeah. Which is... It's a combination of the God botherers and the people... Yeah. uh, Yeah. But I think there's... The answer to that is we need them in the ads because they're in the world. Exactly right, yeah. And no, nobody, whether or not you're a God botherer or <laughs> someone that is homophobic or against difference, you, you're, you are only two steps removed from a queer person. Yeah. Like whether or not you like it or whether or not you agree with it or whether or not you think it, we are out there and putting not putting us in Telstra ads or home insurance ads yep. doesn't stop us from existing. But also, like the thing is, it doesn't have any impact on your actual life. Exactly to right. To see that in an ad. Yeah. And so it's... It's not like you flip open the paper and see a picture of a guy sucking a dick. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Not, there's the, no. the, the representation, and, and we've said from the start, like... You and I have had the conversation many times about homosexuality. Like, if you don't want to fuck the person, you don't need to know what their sexuality yep. is, which is off off topic a little bit, but comes no, comes it, comes back to if if but, the, if you don't you don't need to know what the person next to you does behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Like that's no and and but for them to be represented is important. Yes, and one of the things that is a big drain on uh, queer people's mental health is constantly having to justify our existence which has been a fight for a very long time yeah and now that the representation is increasing having to justify that representation constantly Mm. um is a huge drain on mental health for a lot of queer people and there are times when it's just accepted and it's fine and then there are times when it's not. So, you know, I've, I've just finished, about to finish, watching Stranger Things and there's a queer character in there and I haven't heard a single person mention it. Mention it. Yeah. I think it's actually really well represented because she very bravely comes out to one person. Yep. And then there are good examples of how tough that is. Yep. It's 1986. Yeah. How tough that is for a 17-year-old girl to be queer at a high school in America. Yeah. And, you know, she says something like that. The, the guy she comes out with is the popular guy. And she goes, if you ask a girl out and she says no your ego's bruised a bit. If I ask the wrong girl out, that's it for me. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Um, and that's that was certainly the case in the 80s. Yeah. And 
it's certainly I think the I think the important part of representation too is you can have a gay character in the show that's just a character. You don't have to be yep. the yep. gay character. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know, the guy doesn't, you know, come in the room, you know, throwing glitter on people and stuff like that. It's just another guy that just happens to go home to his boyfriend rather than. Yeah, and I think that's changed. Certainly, I think you're right. In the last, you know, five to ten years, that's changed. In that, the gay character, that was their character. Yeah. It was. This person is there to be gay. Yeah, yeah. And that has certainly changed. There's still, unfortunately, some cases where that is the case. Yeah. But I think the representation is becoming a lot more realistic. Brett and I just talked recently on the Odd Sox Entertainment podcast about a show called Happy Endings. Yeah. Uh, which is a show we can't get in Australia, but Brett and I have somehow watched it and <laughs> i won't say how and the pirates are here <laughs> there's six there's six friends um and one of them is gay and he's pretty much our favorite character because he's not a sitcom gay he's just he's just one of the six of them yeah and when penny goes and has issues dating a boy the next episode max has issues dating a boy right and it's just the same and they're all the same and they're all good. They're good, all fine with good, good him representation. Being gay. Um there are gay jokes, but they're in the context of how a friendship group would make gay jokes. Yeah. Because one episode they'll make a gay joke about Max and Max will often call them out on it. Yeah. But then the next episode they'll make a uh black joke about Brad, who's yeah. the black guy in the yeah, group. Yeah. So it's all just in amongst the whole thing. And I think that's the representation mm. that is more beneficial and is the representation that is going to make a difference to young queer people yeah. uh, and their ability to accept themselves uh, and deal mentally with being the minority. Yeah. Because I certainly didn't see anyone on TV that I identified with. No, of course not. As a significantly less stereotypical gay Well, youth. We, we, had, we, had, we had the laugh conversation off air that like I said, do you have any gay mates we could bring in for an interview to talk about their mental health stuff? And your line was, I don't have a lot of gay friends because... No. Well, I don't fit. Yeah. And so... A lot of queer people have predominantly queer friends, but I don't because up until Shane joined the baseball club, I was the only gay guy at the baseball club. True, yeah. And so if I had made queer friends, they'd be like, oh, what are you doing Sunday? Let's grab brunch. Yeah. And I'd be, be like, like, well, no, I've got to go to baseball. God, I've got sports to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so those things didn't fit you might have for been a long the, time. You might have been the only gay male. Let's put that yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, the, that representation, I certainly didn't see it growing up. Yeah. The first, the first person I remember 
seeing as a non-stereotypical gay male on TV was Dave, the farmer on Big Brother. Do you remember that? He's on it again now. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it would have been like 2002, three, early, mid-2000s, mm. uh, back when Big Brother was good. And <laughs> they put Dave in the house and he was your typical Queensland farmer bloke. Yeah. He came out on the show, if yeah. I remember. And then yeah, about, yeah. you know, four or five weeks in, he came out. But that, it was interesting. They did it. They put a more a more flamboyant, stereotypical gay character well. I remember an actual conversation between the two. Yeah. Where he was like, I haven't had a lot of experience with men. He goes, but I know that's what I like sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, the guy was offering him lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was... The first time I saw, I guess, a, a gay man on TV that I came close to identifying with. Yeah. And I think... As a farmer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, what you mean. <laughs> as growing up in yeah. rural Queensland like yeah. I did. But, and I think, I think this is one of the issues, and I don't want to go on about privilege, but I think one of the issues that straight people potentially have and I'm definitely not having a go at any straight people because like I like we just said most of my friends are exactly yeah I think one of the issues generally that straight people have in terms of understanding the issues of queer people is that one them the majority but that representation thing, they don't understand the representation thing because it, they've always been represented. Well, yeah, as a mid, middle-aged white male, I can identify with people from being you know, primary school age. Well, there's a you, whole you TV can... show about people that look like you, Jeff. Sons of Anarchy went for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the yeah. show that I got, if I got Queer as Folk or Will and Grace, I don't really bit, yeah, yeah. identify with those guys. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where this lack of understanding potentially comes from Yeah, is that you straight people are represented all of the time Yeah, uh, on TV and it's similar, Dylan Alcott, the wheelchair tennis champion, wheelchair basketball champion as well. Yeah. His main thing is and the reason that he's pushed himself so hard in the media is because he never, when he was growing up, saw anyone in a wheelchair on TV. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And like he's pushed it to the point where, you know, he was a Triple J radio host. Yeah. And he's hosted TV shows and he has got it to the point where Channel 9 aired the wheelchair tennis Australian Open. So yeah. that that is representation yeah. um, and it's tough to grow up without that uh, and because it accentuates the, the difference, I think. Um, and so that was certainly an issue for me growing up. Well, it's that, it's that mentality of like, is there something wrong with me, isn't it? Like... It, it, if if I, if you don't see other people that are, yeah, what you are, then you start to question yourself. Like you 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 knew from a young age that you weren't the same as the guy next to you, mm. but 
that's not meaning there's anything wrong with you. Like, you, yeah, you're, it, like you're not my gay friend. You're my best mate. You just happen to be a gay man. Like, there's no yeah, and no that, correlation between the two. Like, and that's what we're trying to reach, and that's what we're trying to give that understanding to our listeners today. That's like, and that does you know, and that did directly correlate to my feelings of self worth. Yeah, that's something that I'm still. Um, grappling with today and my queerness and not necessarily just the fact that I didn't see anyone on TV but my queerness was different and that feeling of difference and the things that I didn't I didn't think that I could have certain things that straight people could have and then the representation added into that and then the mm. fact that I would, I knew I would have to explain myself at some point. All of that contributed to feeling less worthy. Yeah. Um, and that has had a significant hangover uh, into the feelings that I'm still battling today. Yeah. And I've, I've spoken, you know, to therapists about that. Um, and you know, we tied that very easily and very directly. Uh, to spending so long, so deep in the closet. And so I, I think they're kind of feelings that are common across the queer community is that having to explain yourself and having to justify your difference is a constant thing that's battering against your feelings of self and your feelings of self worth yeah Uh, and so that that's why queer youth are the highest risk suicide group in australia yeah 100 um and queer males the highest within that group um because we you know we've spoken about a lot that males are significantly higher risk um plus Queer people are significantly higher risk, so that's a very high risk for queer young people. And so I think if, I guess if I want to say one thing about representation and in terms of Pride Month is that there is a purpose behind it and celebrating it helps a lot of queer people to get themselves out there and to acknowledge and celebrate who they are um, with other people. Yeah. Um, And if anyone says, why isn't there straight pride, please message me. Because I will... In-depth conversation. And... And not not a, like no, you're you're, you're say, not you're not one to sit here and lecture, which is no, what no, I was going to yeah. say. I'll rant at you, but I won't. I w- I'll educate, educate. And the reason that there isn't straight pride is for the reasons that we said before: is that there are a million straight people on TV, yeah, and there are. So, the conservative estimates of queer people percentages amongst the population is ten to fifteen percent. That's the that's a very conservative. Yeah percentage if you look at the 
representation of queer people in TV, it's significantly lower than 10 to 15%. Yeah. So, like, if you think of the last 30 years, the top sitcoms, Seinfeld didn't have one, Friends didn't have one. Um, shows like, you know, Family Guy didn't have one, Simpsons didn't have one outwardly until Smithers Half came out. Yeah, and they still didn't want to pull the trigger on yeah. that. Yeah, and that it was always kind of subtly referenced and joked about. It was never Smithers is gay. He just collected Malibu Barbie, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Malibu um, Stacey. And it was even subtly referenced with one of Marge's sisters. Yeah. So it's like a show that's been going for 30 years and they still don't have a main queer character. Mm-hmm. So not even 10 to 15% of the town of Springfield, <laughs> the whole town of Springfield yeah. is queer. So that's why we have Pride is because you straight people. It's a chance to shine. It's a, it's a chance to shine the torch on on your com- your community or the LGBTQ plus IA plus IA. Yeah, there's way yeah. too many letters. We call it queer. That's why I've said queer yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, it is a chance to celebrate, and it is a chance to educate. Uh, and so, I'm all, I'm, I'm all about the education side of it. Like, it's yeah. not. It's a there's a comedian I love called Bill Burr who talks about um, the Duck Dynasty show. Remember that Duck Dynasty show? Yeah, yeah. That got that got cancel cultured because there was like a like the old man in the show set up and said, you know, like God hates fags sort of thing. And, yeah. and it was like everyone was like, what? And he's like, well, you know, he goes, give this guy a break. He lived in like Louisiana on a farm, and it's like his whole life that's what he was taught, and now he's like. What am I wrong for? All these people standing here like, oh, they're all dead. You know, like the people who taught him that stuff yeah. are yeah. outdated and gone. But, you know, that's that's the education of the world that he grew up in. It's not, I think, sitting down and having a conversation with somebody is way more, uh, what's the word I'm looking it's for? Going, that's going to have a, a much greater better benefit. Infa- a better impact than cancelling them. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. But, but then there are cases where people aren't open to the education and people don't see that their view could possibly be wrong. Yeah. I had, I had to unfriend some people uh, a couple of years ago because um, he shared a thing protesting some picture story books that were in US libraries. So, so far from relevant to us living in Werribee. U.S. libraries had some picture story books where Johnny had two dads, yeah, or such and such a character had two mums, um, and there was one that had like a trans kid in it, yeah. And so all the conservative people were protesting the fact that these were in school libraries, and I called this guy out on it because he came to our wedding. So, and and so this was where my issue was, was that he's okay with gay people because obviously he but loves not, Shane and I. But not gay representation. But his concern, it was like, why does this need to be in schools so kids can read it? And I said, well, because... 
there are so, kids in so, schools yeah. that have two mums. So the little kid with two mums doesn't feel like he's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the kid with two mums doesn't feel like they're weird. So the kid that doesn't, so the born female who doesn't want to wear pink and play with Barbies sees another character like them. Yeah. And as much as I gave examples, he was like, no, it's not right. And then I gave another example. I said, no, it's not right. To the point where I said, if I'd grown up with books like this, I might not have been a suicidal teenager. Yeah. And he was like, no, it's not right. I'm like, okay, that's an unfriend. Because (laughs) there are cases where it doesn't work. And one of his arguments was, we don't, like there, for some reason, some people think that showing queer people is more sexualized just because they're queer people. So a book with two mums, they just think lesbians are sexual. But a mum and a dad who had actual sex to have the kid in the picture storybook, (laughs) the lesbians got the test tube. Yeah. Like this mum and dad had actual sex to create this kid that's in the picture storybook. Yeah. For some reason, people view queer people as more sexualized and, characters. And, and as as a straight male, I can say part of the reason for that is Pride Month in a way. like And things like the Mardi Gras, where Mardi Gras yep. is celebrated as this, it's a party, but the sexual overtones of that particular party are the most representation yes. the gay community gets. You know what I mean? That's not the best light to paint that situation in. Yeah, I think... I think, unfortunately, there's so much more to Mardi Gras than than the parade. Yeah. And I think the majority of people just see the parade. Yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. As a a person who, like, I have no issue with whoever I meet, race, creed, colour, sexuality, whatever, but... If if the only representation I get of a group, like you know, yep. like the only thing that's in the media, as you say, the only representation they get is you know, fifteen blokes strapped in leather riding a, a parade thing yep. down the main street of Sydney. That's what people see gay as. You know what I'm saying? And like, and that is changing. Yeah. So uh, I think the way it used to be televised was they are the spectacular looking floats. Yeah. So they're the ones you put on TV. They don't put the surviving 80-year-old guy that was gay-bashed but then 30 years later successfully sued the, the Sydney police force. Yeah. They don't put those floats on yeah. because it's just an old man in a suit. Yeah. The only old man in suit floats they show on Anzac Day. <laughs> so, yeah, I think for a long time that was how it was televised. But Sydney Mardi Gras... And similar pride events uh, around Australia and around the world are not just the parade uh, and they're not just those floats. Like Midsummer um, has is the big gay festival in Melbourne, gay yeah. festival in Melbourne, uh, and they have a film festival and they have 
art shows and art exhibitions and they have lectures and they have people talk and they have queer performers just, you know, a chick with a guitar sing. Yeah. You know, and so it's... Uh, yeah, what, what I'm getting at, I think, is the gay representation that we've been talking about is this big party atmosphere. Yeah. And you, as my closest mate, are not the big party guy. You know what I mean? Like no. you're, you, you, That's what needs to be represented. That's what... Yeah, I think it's getting better at the, the breadth of representation within the community, uh, and then more and more of that is being shown mm. in the mainstream. Uh, and so I think if any people are out there questioning Pride Month, just reach out. Reach out. View the month with an open mind. And if you're getting really pissed off for it for some reason, just have a think about how it actually impacts your, your life, life and whether or not it does. Yeah. Um, and have a talk to yourself about why. Yeah. Uh, or have a talk to me. I'm, you know... Our inbox, our Instagram's always in the episode descriptions. So I'm happy to to do some more educating. But I guess from a mental health side of things, the importance of Pride Month is to to be able to celebrate as a community and come together as a community in a way that we don't always get to. And then to be able to shine a light and educate on those things that have been issues for us in the past. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So I think that's, there's a lot, lot more that I could say, um, but I don't want to rant (laughs) too much. But yeah, I think you're right, Jeff, in that it's important to talk a little bit about uh, this stuff in Pride Month. Um, and cover it off for people who might have a yeah. either limited understanding or limited exposure to it. Um, and I'm happy to do that. So thanks for bringing it up. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Make sure you hit subscribe um, so you don't miss our future episodes. If anyone out there would like to tell their story, uh, then get in touch. All the links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Pants, No Problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at No Pants Pod. If you or someone you know needs support around their mental health, there are many support services available. Check the show notes for links. This episode is produced by Odd Socks Entertainment, music composed by Shane Cole Hayhow and introduced by Matt Pankhurst. Bye for now. Cheers. Two Drink Cinema, an Odd Socks Entertainment podcast. I'm Lee. And I'm Brett. We are two brothers reviewing movies. Two drinks at a time. The old. The new. The classic. And the cult. We tick all the boxes. We bring you the news on the latest movie releases. And drunkenly review some of the best films of yesteryear. Find us on your favourite podcast platform. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at 2 Drink Cinema. Cheers.